Welcome to Where I Come From, a new podcast dedicated to Nebraska sports figures and the life experiences that shaped them. I'm your host, Dirk Chatlin, and this week's guest is Peaches James, the most dominant softball pitcher in Nebraska high school history and former All-American for the Huskers. We talked about her early struggles on the mound, the dynasty at Papillion La Vista, dueling Jenny Finch at the College World Series, what it means to shed peaches for cinnamon, and why she can't have a trophy room in her house. I can remember my mom sitting on the bucket catching me, and I'm at pitching lessons, and yeah, balls were just going all over the place. And when I put the shades on, it was almost like I, tur- I, I it gave me permission to turn into that other person, that competitive cinnamon. He said, like, oh, yeah, I'll stand in there and see if I can hit off you. I'm sure this is nothing. I threw one pitch, and he dropped the bat. He was like, never again. I really? will never. And I don't, until this day, he has never tried to hit off me again. This is where I come from. Peaches James, thanks for thanks for joining us on the podcast. Uh, I want to start with this: the the question that you probably get the most often, which is, uh, where did you get your first name? <laughs> that is a question that I definitely get most often. Um, well, my name is actually it's pretty unique and it's pretty long. Ralphine is actually my first name. Ralphine. Ralphine. Yes, Ralphine is my my dad's mother's name and then Beatrice is my middle name which is my mom's mom's name okay and then Peaches (laughs) was then inherited to me by my grandmother she actually thought I looked like a little peach when I was a baby and it just kind of stuck really so that's my second middle name (laughs) and then I kept uh, once I got married I added on Keaton as my last name so I still have James in it so it's a pretty long name now Ralphine Beatrice Peaches James Keaton wow (laughs) and how often do you have to use all five of those names together oh very rarely okay yeah (laughs) I try to keep it to just two do most people still uh recognize you know do you do they still call you peaches or or do they still yes. call you peaches james or are you now that you're in the professional world are you uh known as something else it's interesting when i started in the professional world i thought okay maybe i'll go by like ralphine james and someone would always recognize something about me or just figured out that I'm like peaches. And so then that would just like stick with people. Like they, nobody would call me Ralphine. Like it would still be just Peaches James. And that's kind of still to this day. Like when I started here at Blue Cross, you know, it's Ralphine James, but it transitioned to peaches anyway. So, so yeah, professional world, I'm still peaches, known as Peaches James. Now you graduated in 2004. From Nebraska, and you played four years professionally, mm-hmm. and I want to get into that a little bit. But and then you were gone for a while, right? You went to you went to Chicago, mm-hmm. uh, and you moved back to Omaha just a couple of years ago. What brought you back? Yes, um, I would say family is what brought me back. So when after college, when I started playing professional softball, at that time I didn't have children or anything like that. I was playing and. Um, I was out in Chicago playing, and that was awesome, but then um, once I kind of got married, had a kid, then I was like, you know, I kind of 
want him to be around some family, and um, and so that's kind of what brought us back. You're coaching a little bit, right? Or at least doing a little bit of mentoring? Yes, so doing pitching lessons, so um, with girls from all ages, from like 10 years old through 16, 17, so. Are you good at it, or does it frustrate the heck out of you? <laughs> um, I would say I'm okay at it. It is... Um, you know, it has its ups and downs, um, and, you know, sometimes I'll, I, I want to make sure that I'm not just with the girls, like, only, like, my way is the exact right way, because I know there's many ways of, you know, that girls can throw a certain pitch or grip a certain pitch, and so I try to keep that in mind when, yeah, this may be the way I threw my changeup or I threw it, but... There's other ways that maybe would work better for them that's maybe a little bit different than I did it. So I try to keep that in mind, too. Do they know who you were? I mean, you're in your mid-30s now. And, and <laughs> so most of these most of these girls were like toddlers probably or, or maybe not even born when you were pitching. Do they know who you were? Um, most of them do. I okay. think just through their parents, though. Okay. Their parents try to educate them on, you know, do you know who you're receiving lessons from? So the parents are pretty cool about educating them but cool uh, well, let's let's go uh let's go all the way back to the start um how did you what did your family do where'd you grow up i actually grew up in omaha um born and raised here right in omaha um, my mom was from omaha as well uh, my dad was actually from mississippi and he eventually had moved up here um, to omaha um, so yeah, I've been born and raised here in Omaha and, um, who were your influences like growing up? Um, when I first started, I would say it was mainly just my mom. Um, hmm. she used to play on like a, like a slow pitch softball team and, um, it was like a family team that they used to play on. So I always thought that was kind of cool. Um, so I think when I was first starting out, it was just a lot with my mom. Like, she'd be the one to go out and pitch with me and um, things like that. And, and then eventually, you know, I started to have other idols and influences as I got to know the game a little bit better and go to watch certain girls play. Um, Why did softball hook you? I mean, there, you know, you were, you were a great athlete. Why did softball? That's a really good question. Um, volleyball was actually my first first love. Hmm. Um, I played volleyball and softball at the same time and volleyball was actually my first love for a long time and then once I got to high school they're in the same season they're both fall sports so I had to choose and I chose softball because I think eventually as I got older and started to really get my pitching craft, you know, because when I, went, when I first started softball as, as a pitcher, I wasn't that great at all. <laughs> like, I wasn't good at all. But I think once I finally start to, like, learn and, and get a little bit better at it, you know, I started to say, you know what, I could actually think I could, like, take this far, maybe further than volleyball, you know. As the story goes, you, uh, I mean, you were, you were throwing balls over the, you know, over the catcher mm -hmm. and, uh, you know... Uh, <laughs> Short hopping it to the plate. Yep. <laughs> How did you just not uh you just not pick it up right away or what? Yeah, I I just didn't. I was not accurate. Yeah, I can remember my mom sitting on the bucket catching me, and I'm at pitching lessons, and yeah, balls were just going all over the place, and yeah, I just wasn't 
picking it up kind of right away. But I think after a couple years, probably because I started when I was 10. So probably when I was about 12 is when it, it started to slowly like click a little more. I got a little bit more accurate, you know, so. When did you know you had the, you know, you had the velocity and the, the movement? There's the, was there a moment where you, where you recognized, hey, I could be pretty good at this? Um, I would say probably like my sophomore year in high school, Hmm. um, my freshman year in high school, um, I played second base. So I pitched a little bit my freshman year in high school, but I was mainly second base. So I think once I then, um, started to become the starting pitcher when I was a sophomore and then we won state that year is when I then maybe started to think like, wow, okay, like this is going pretty good. <laughs> so Papio was, I mean, they were a powerhouse. They won like what, nine straight or something mm-hmm. like that? So yeah, you were you were kind of right in the middle of that? Mm-hmm. Yep, I think they had won, I think a couple years prior to when I had gotten there. And then we won my entire four years and then they won a couple more after my senior year. Why were they year. so good? So, um... Gosh, so many reasons. So we had awesome coaching, an awesome coaching staff. Um, And I think the traditions that they set early on continued, like just the the hard work, the the, the running, the everything that was set kind of with that first group of girls. They were really good leaders too, and they just continued all of those traditions. So you knew coming in, like this wasn't going to be just – Oh, we're playing, you know, high school ball. I was like, no, this is serious. Like we, this is like serious. We're going to work hard. We went, exactly. And so I think that mindset has stayed with that program throughout. How was, how was the sport? I mean, this is basically 20 years ago now since you were in high school. I know. 20 years ago. (laughs) I know. It's it's humbling. Uh, How is the sport different? You know, how was it different then than it is now? Um, I would say offensively, it's really grown. Um, moving the mound back, helpful. Moving there, right? exactly, yep. Now going to forty-three feet, like in high school and even in summer ball, um, you know that has, as far as the offensively, tremendously has changed the game. It used to be um, games for us would be one to nothing, two to nothing, like very low scoring games. Pitching was kind of dominant. Um, now you'll see games like almost like baseball scores are sometimes girls winning eight to five, 12 to four, you know, like the, it's so much more offense now. As a pitcher, um, are you like, oh, I don't like this? <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. I'm like, okay, yep. I'm glad. Uh, <laughs> maybe some of those bats weren't as good back then. Right. <laughs> Okay, so in high school, I mean, you, you pretty much, you're easily the most decorated player in high school, in Nebraska high school history. Some of the numbers are just, just totally jump off the page. Uh, senior year, .04 ERA. I think that's one run uh, in the whole year. Uh, 11 no-hitters, five perfect games. Um, from... Across junior year to senior year, you had 31 consecutive wins, 19 consecutive shutouts, 162 consecutive shutout innings, and 257 consecutive runs or innings without an earned run. Did it bore you to be that good? (laughs) (laughs) 
not at all. At the time, you know, every game felt so nerve wracking. And um, like I was saying, especially they were always so low scoring. So giving up one run was like a big deal then because the games were always, you know, one to nothing, two to nothing, two to one, just always it seemed like one run off, you know, here and there. So it was always a lot of pressure when I was out there to try and keep as many batters off base or yeah. as least amount of runs scored because, you know, we we did well offensively, but that was just the nature of the game then. It was a much lower scoring game then. So it was important to like try and there was keep as of, many runs out of there. There was kind of an aura around you though back then. Uh, uh, did you did you sense intimidation? Um with my opponents? Yeah. I think I didn't notice it. There could have been, but I don't think I really started to notice any intimidation until I got a little, you know, when I was like a senior in high school. And then I think I finally was like, you know, people actually were sometimes maybe a little bit timid to get into the box against me or didn't have as much confidence as they should have to get in the box. Like I kind of, you know, but initially, like, no, I was probably just as intimidated of them as they were maybe yeah, of me. I thought that was interesting. So, so you didn't really, I mean, you didn't really carry yourself as a big deal. I mean, you, in fact, I think, you know, both your high school coach and your college coach talked about how you almost needed to get more feisty out there. You needed to get more aggressive out there. What, what, why did they say that about you? What was, what was not, it was not in your personality to dominate that way or what? I think that's what it is. I think my my nature was just more of a, a quieter, I tried to be humble nature, which is fine, but when you're in athletics, you have to have that competitiveness. You have to have that, like, I'm better than you at this moment, like, you know, to make sure you're staying competitive. And I think I was just too on the side of, try to be humble or, or nice a little bit out there. Or like, oh, I don't want to, you know, I don't, I feel bad. I don't want to strike her out. She's like my friend or, you know, so I think I really had to grow. It, it took me a while to get to that point where I was like, I don't care who you are in the box. And if you strike out 10 times, you know, better for me. Or, you know, it took me a while to be able to, turn it on and off because that's what I was afraid of not being able to turn it off and kind of be this arrogant person in life and that wasn't like me so I had to learn how to I'm going to turn it on when I'm on the field and off the field and I can just be peaches again you know who brought it out of you how did they how did you develop that um you know probably my, my I would say a combination of my coaches and teammates like the more they gave me permission, it was almost like I needed permission to have a little bit of that cockiness on the field. And the more that I knew that that was going to help them and build them up and say, hey, we kind of need this out of you or we want this out of you. This is a good thing. Like, it's okay. Then that's when I started to get out of that. So I would say later in high school I kind of got there my senior year then when I transitioned to college I was kind of back to that oh I'm a freshman again yeah kind of mindset so then Rhonda and Lori had to kind of groom me 
to that again. So I would say my junior and senior years when I then kind of brought that out of me again. Was there ever a, a moment where it kind of a time where you you recognized people think people think a lot of me and they want to watch me? Yeah, um, I would say I really start to notice starting in high school, probably my junior year. Um, you know, after we had won state a little bit, and then people are, you know, I, I think at that point we had maybe, it was like five in a row. So now people are really like, wow, like they've just won five in a row. Are they going to continue this and looking so, you know, so there was that point that I kind of, you know, feel that little extra pressure knowing that like people are watching me or now college coaches are watching me or, you know, they're expecting these numbers from, you know, less. so there was that point, but I really tried to, and my coach has helped me do this, you know, really just stay grounded on the moment, like not worrying about all the noise kind of on the outside, all the things that are going out, you know, you just take care of that particular day that, and even as small as one pitch at a time, you know, and not, you know, you can only control what's in your control at that moment. I can't control always the outcome of the game. I can't control always the outcome, you know, of anything. But I can control kind of that moment. So I had to really keep myself kind of grounded in moments and not worry about the noise. When, when did you figure that out? Because that's a that's a really hard skill for for any young athlete to to learn. Oh, definitely. I mean, I would say it was a learning in progress. I think I started kind of that, you know, that kind of the that's the mental part of the game that you kind of have to get into I would say it started junior and senior year in college but I would say even or excuse me in high school but it would go throughout college like working with the mental aspect of the game like because you do so much physically you know practicing but it's that mental side that you also have to groom as well of thinking like I'm in the moment and not all those other things you could be thinking about on the outside. So I would say it was a work in progress just throughout my career. Do you remember uh, a tournament going into your senior year? I, I read a lot of stuff in our archives, but, but this one stood out. This is, this is going into your senior year of high school. Uh, on Monday morning, she crawled into bed around 4 o'clock when her summer team, the Omaha Echoes Spirit, returned from a tournament in Topeka, Kansas. Almost 24 hours earlier, uh, Marty Govig, the Echoes coach, huddled the team together after an 8 a.m. loss and laid out the scenario. They would need to win seven games all in one day to go home with the championship and an automatic trip to nationals. Your number two pitcher was out with a leg injury, so James probably would need to pitch in eight games back-to-back. After 50 innings of work, the Echoes were on their way to Nationals. Do you remember that? Oh, like it was yesterday. Really? Yes. I, that was, oh my goodness. And that was the one and only time I've ever had to pitch like eight games in a row. It was definitely an experience. Um, and that was probably one of the first times we had, we learned our lesson, I think, from losing the first game of a tournament. Don't do that again. <laughs> Don't do that again. Yeah. But, I mean, those are the times where you do have to be mentally strong because by that fifth, you know, fifth game, your body's starting to wear. It's, it was hot out. It was super hot that weekend, and, you know, you're trying to stay hydrated, and your body's just wearing, or your arm's wearing, but 
you know, you, you keep trucking on and our team, you know, we all just stuck together. We stayed positive and, and it was exciting. It was just really exciting. Oh yeah. It's when I think back of that weekend, it was just pretty amazing that we all made it through that. I said Marty Govig. I, I should have said Mike Govig. Um, but you did the physical endurance part of it. Was that a challenge? Because, you know, you were throwing, and at Nebraska too, you were throwing so many innings. Mm-hmm. Uh, how, how did you deal with that part of it? Um, it was tough sometimes. Or, or was it more mental endurance? It is. It is a lot of mental endurance. It is physical. It, the, the mental part, I would say, comes into play when your body is not feeling good at all. There were so many days that my arm hurt. I was sore. My legs were sore. You know, my fingers were raw from just on those seams constantly. So physically, it it wasn't feeling good. And that's kind of where your mental part has to come in. You have to really fight through mentally to like not think about the pain or think you know you have to think the positive things of how you're going to get through it and not focus on kind of how your body might feel that day um because yeah there could be day there were some days that my body felt great and then I would throw a game and it wouldn't go so well at all I was like but I felt so great so Lori actually taught me this of we can't always trust how our body feels, and that's really where our, the mental part comes in. You can't always go off of how you're necessarily feeling physically, um, because what's upstairs sometimes is what's going to get you through. What was the skill level? What was the skill that you had that most pitchers didn't have from a physical standpoint? Um, that's a good question. You can brag, Peaches. Okay. <laughs> um. I would say if I were to pick something, it would be the aggressiveness that I used with my lower half. So when I work with a lot of pitchers today, they think a lot of it is going to come from their arm. Like, you know, and definitely, of course, how our arm speed and all those things, yes, but our legs are a huge part of that. And I know I wasn't very tall. Sometimes when you have that, that, height working for you you can stride out a little further I knew I wasn't as tall so I really had to use my legs and be aggressive and so I know that sometimes when I some people have showed me some pictures they'll show me a picture of myself striding off the mound and compare it to someone else striding off the mound and you know it was interesting I didn't even know like I can see the difference of like how aggressive I was like using my lower half to stride off the mound um, that some pitchers aren't able to, to utilize their legs. What is that, that? What is the product of that? Is it velocity? Is it movement? What is the what is the, the lower half being that aggressive? What does that allow you to do? I would say um, velocity. Um, velocity is a huge part of it. Um, I would say it does help with movement too. Being aggressive with that lower half. Um, the closer, the, the more you can push off the mound, the closer you are to the plate. Um, and that's always what I was going for, too, is just how, how close to that plate can I get. Why Nebraska? Oh, <laughs> there's no place like Nebraska, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, I, th- I think I've heard that before. <laughs> 
I've known Rhonda and Lori Price since I was 12 years old. I really? would go to Nebraska camps and um, they'd come out to games and so I'd, you know, gotten to know them um, a little bit and it's just awesome. Every time I would go down there for a camp, I, it was awesome. I loved it. And I went on a couple other recruiting trips, but I, I still, my heart was at Nebraska. You know, I had to go experience somewhere else, but at the end of the day, I knew that's where my heart was. You were, uh, Rhonda Ravel has called you the best athlete they've ever had. Uh, I don't think that's really going out on a limb considering you walked into conditioning one time and can you tell me the story of the vertical jump? Uh, <laughs> I'll, let you, I'll let you tell it. It's, I think it's still in their record book, but uh, as far as I understand, you didn't exactly do a lot of warm-up. <laughs> well, my good teammate, Nicole Tromboli, this is one of her favorite stories to tell. Um, but yeah, so we have our our um, like our kind of conditioning and, and where you kind of run the 40 and you, you run, you get your times. And um, with this particular exercise, I had done it before, but not quite how they do it there. Like you don't get to take any steps kind of forward before. So I was just, so it's like, just straight up. Yep. You just kind of jumping straight up. So I was like, all right, sure. I'll just give it a go and jump up. And then they were like, whoa, like <laughs> you just jumped what on your freshman, you know, what? <laughs> so I was like, oh, I didn't know that was good. Now, I don't know if that was the jump, but uh, you eventually hit 30, 30 and a half, I think. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 30, 30 and a half inches, which I think is the highest vertical jump that a female athlete has ever had in Nebraska. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they, um, and I didn't even know um, eventually our strength and conditioning coach that told me like, do you know how close you are to getting like the record? And I was like, really? Like our volleyball team is pretty awesome. Like this can't be like true that I'm like this close. And they're like, you're that close. And, um, yeah, I was like shocked. Like I had no idea at all that. How tall are you? About five, six. Okay. Yeah. So so did you give any thought to, hey, maybe I should go venture over and see if uh, Terry Pettit <laughs> right. has a spot for me? I always thought, I was like, oh, I wish that, oh, I would love to play Nebraska volleyball. But I was like, okay, yeah, I don't think. <laughs> Just because I have a vertical doesn't mean I have the, quite the skills that they have. <laughs> Rhonda wanted me to ask you uh, uh, about cinnamon. <laughs> What's the what's what does cinnamon mean? <laughs> so this was my freshman year, and I was pretty like shy and, and quiet. Um, but we had kind of a team get together, and <laughs> I can't even remember exactly like what I did, or I said something that was kind of sassy a little bit, and so that that turned into cinnamon. So it'd be so funny because sometimes Rhonda would be like, oh, you need to bring out cinnamon a little bit because cinnamon's a little more sassy <laughs> than, than peaches is. <laughs> That's true. And the other thing is uh, she, she wanted me to ask you about, about dancing to Billie Jean. Oh, jeez. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I love me some Michael Jackson. That's for sure. <laughs> That's for sure. Um, I think I'm always was dancing to some some kind of song. Anything that they would play, 
Um, I was dancing to it. And Billy Jean was <laughs> Billy Jean was like part of the. That was like routine, though, right? You and your catcher would do that. We would. Yep. Me and um, Brittany Yolo was my my senior year catcher. There. You had. I think one reason that people were drawn to you. Um, you know, obviously the the name and the talent, but but you also kind of had this this style. Uh, you know, you. I mean, you wear you know jewelry that was a little bit different, right? I mean, I guess what did you do that was different to people? Um, I did wear. I was so excited when it wasn't a rule anymore because it used to be that we couldn't wear jewelry. And I'm, I'm always wearing some sort of jewelry. So I was so excited when that rule, like you could wear earrings. So I, I did always wear some sort of jewelry. Um, but yeah, you know, um, I didn't feel like I was really that unique or anything. Um, you know, I did always like paint my nails or um, I did start to wear sunglasses. I think that was my way of... You know, I wore them. Um, this was my senior year, and high school or college? In college. Okay. And I tried on one of my teammates' sunglasses one day, and they and they were like, "Oh my gosh, you have to wear those when you're pitching." And I was like, "Really? Do I look like intimidating? I look, you know?" And they're like, "Yes, you have to wear them." So I was like, "Okay, I'll wear them." And I don't know what it was. It was like when I put the shades on, it was almost like I, I, it gave me permission to turn into that other person, that competitive cinnamon or, you know, whatever. And, but it motivated my team. It got them pumped up to see me in those shades because they're like, oh, yeah, those batters are going to be so scared or, you know. So my whole senior year, I wore the, the shades on there. And, um, but, yeah, it was almost like I was transforming into my game face person and then when I took them off off the field I'm back to just regular peaches <laughs> how did what impact did did race have on you know your the the aura that we're talking about uh your just your your influence uh in, in high school and college because there were not a lot of you know black pitchers black star uh softball players anywhere mm -hmm. right I mean did, did you what, what impact did that have? Yeah, um, there wasn't. I think um, in, in high school, you know, I started to kind of look up to like the Jackie Robinsons and kind of some of those baseball players that kind of made those changes because, yeah, there weren't um, really any African-American females at that time that were their pitchers that I really, you know, would look up to. And I think that, you know... I would then kind of come into contact with some, some little girls that were inter interested in, like, being able to see, like, wow, I could do that, too. You know, I can be a successful pitcher. Like, she can do it. I can do it. And so I loved that um, aspect and that influence I was able to have um, on, on younger African-American girls that maybe wouldn't have otherwise been able to kind of see someone be able to do it. Was there a harder, was there a harder part of that? I mean, did you, you know, did you, did you struggle to fit in? Did you struggle with opponents? Uh, was there, you know, a more challenging side of that? Um, I would say for the most part, no, I was pretty, I know that my parents had had, you know, kind of some issues and some things that come up involving race, but I, w I tried to be, 
I think I was pretty naive to certain things. Um, I didn't think certain things maybe existed in my world or existed still today. Um, you know, but I think, you know, now at my parents kind of explaining things to me later in life, oh, you know, really? they kind of shielded me from a lot of things um, that they kind of experienced off the field. What did they, what, what did they experience? Um, I know later in life, um, they explained to me when they did have a situation where the N-word was used. Um, While you were pitching? Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Um, but I think they tried to, you know, shield me a lot from those hmm. things. And, and yeah, and I think I was pretty naive as well to like, oh, no, like there's no way that race can still be a thing. Um but, but yeah. You wore number 42 uh, because of Jackie Robinson, right? Mm-hmm. When did you make that yeah. decision? Um, when I got to high school in Papillion, that's when I chose 42. Why did you do that? So, um, I just think that, number one, he was a monarch too. And so oh, I was like, oh, go. I'm going to be a monarch too. And I just think all the things and, and the racial barriers that he was able to break is pretty inspiring. Um, and so it made me kind of feel proud to wear that number. Hmm. Um, 2002, you guys went to the College World Series. What was that experience like? That's awesome. It was awesome. Um, it, it's nothing like it. You know, it was... Gosh, I just remember when we won regionals, and oh, it was just so awesome. And you get there, and you almost feel like a celebrity there, because yeah, like, like I was saying, that's when we were like, oh, on ESPN, and um, and they, oh, it was just so awesome. And we had the hugest crowds there. Um, you know, I was nervous, of course, but it was like a good nervous. It was so awesome how did you perform on that stage because you know that that can do different things to different competitors yeah um I think I did okay we we played and and this was intimidating Arizona who were like the defending national champions at that time they had Jenny Finch um that was our first game going in and that's of course a little intimidating you know you have the defending champs and you have this team that is so well known um, and I was starting that game, so it was a little nerve-wracking for sure, but um, but I knew, hey, we're, we're all here. We're all clean slate. It doesn't matter what you did last year. That's where I had to like use that mental aspect. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter. We're both here at the World Series. You know, we're, we're just as good as you guys are. And so, and, and that was, again, the low-scoring time. I think we lost one to nothing. In Did you? In some ways, it's unfortunate that you didn't get another chance to do that because I mean, you got you were much better by your senior year than mm-hmm. you were as a sophomore. Uh, mm-hmm. So senior year, you, you were thirty-seven and nine with a point seven zero ERA in two hundred ninety-eight innings. You had a school record eighteen shutouts. You struck out three hundred and ninety-four. Opponents hit. 137 against you. At the Big 12 tournament, you pitched a 2-1 complete game win over Texas with 13 strikeouts. You came back the next day through a perfect game against Oklahoma. Oklahoma. The next day, you threw a 10-1 win against Baylor. 
and later that same day threw a one nothing shutout with 16 strikeouts against Missouri to win the Big 12 tournament. Okay, your your club experience in Topeka was pretty good, but but that was that was probably the signature Peaches run. What do you what do you remember about that weekend? Yeah, that oh man. We knew we were going to be up against some, you know, some good competition, of course, in the Big 12. The, the tournament was always going to be, um, you know, everyone's at their best. So we knew we were going to have some really good opponents. And, um, gosh, and I didn't even know. I remember the Oklahoma game, and I didn't even know. And I think people always keep it this way, that the pitcher doesn't know they're throwing a perfect game. Like, I, I truly had no idea I think I was just trying to be like in my zone and thinking about as long as I, you know, keep the score low. Like I wasn't ever focused on, you know, strikeouts or necessarily how many people got on base, but it was more like keeping the score low, like how many people are crossing the plate. And so I had no idea. You really didn't that know? I, I really had no idea. And you, yeah, like no idea. Um, when did you find out? After the game, like, I, not even going into the seventh, did I have, like, any idea. Um, it, was the, it was the second perfect game in Nebraska softball history. The first perfect game in Big 12 tournament history. Uh, it was a big deal. Yeah, I, I yeah, had no idea. So it's so funny because afterwards I was like, wait, what happened? Like, I was just so happy, like, we won and we're moving on, you know, because Oklahoma's, a, they're a great team. They, right. They've had a long history of being great. So I was just so happy that we, you know, pulled it out that I had no idea that I was even throwing a perfect game and that it happened. So that was just icing on the cake. You guys lost in regionals, uh, two wins, two wins shy of, of getting back to Oklahoma city with, with everything that you accomplished. What was, what was that like, you know, walking off the field for the last time? Hard, very, very hard. Um, Super hard. Um, my time at Nebraska was the, probably the best time of my life. Um, and that was super hard, just knowing that that was, you know, kind of going to be the end of it. Because um, there's truly, there is, there's no, the fans, the, the coaches, like the teammates that I had, it was just nothing like it. And so it was really hard, mm. very hard. You, uh, the, the, the first, uh, first four-time first-team All-Big 12 pick, um, first pitcher to earn four first-team honors in league history, Big 12 Player of the Year, Big 12 Tournament MVP, uh, and then you, you get drafted. Uh, Second-round pick in the inaugural draft uh, of, the, of a new softball league, the National Pro Fast Pitch League. What did you know about this? Did it, what? What were your thoughts on it going in? Because, uh, you know, it sounded like kind of a wild card from the start. Mm-hmm. I didn't know a whole lot about it. I knew it was going to be similar because they used to have um, the WPSL. It was the Women's Professional Softball League. Um, so I knew it was, like, just going to be similar to that, you know, just brand-new teams and brand-new, you know, ownership and things like that. And, um you know, I was like, well, why not? Let's go for it. I'm, I, I didn't feel like I was ready to be done playing. And if I had this opportunity, you know, I, I wanted to take it. And so I was ready to, um, 
I was ready, ready to go. Um, at that point, they had said um, there was a tech. The Texas Thunder is yeah. who um, I end up going to, and yeah, I was like excited for it because I was like, I'm not ready to be done yet. You know, I felt like I was just kind of hitting my stride. You know, from my senior year, and yeah, I was it would like, have been hard to walk away. Just at that to point. be, yeah, exactly to be done. So I was like. Ready to go. I didn't really know anything about how the season looked. I knew it was over the summer. But what I didn't was yeah? What was it like? What was the structure like? Yeah, it was. So there was. I think at that time there were six teams, and we play um, each team. You played on what was it Friday, Saturday, and Sunday like double headers. So you played like six game series. Um, and it was it was a grueling summer because we were constantly traveling to each one of the the locations and how much did you pitch in a weekend like that cuz you weren't it wasn't like college where you were you know throwing basically every game right right um i would say at, at probably at least half of the games cuz we had a couple other pitchers on the team too but i would say at least 2 to 3 games a weekend what did you what did you think i mean some people get out of college and they go into that world and they don't have much use for it. Others really thrive in that environment. How, how, how was your experience? Um, I had a good experience. It, it was very different than college, though, um, because in college, you realize how blessed you were throughout college um, because you have the facilities, you have all the support, you have the fan base, you, you have... All of these resources that are there for you, and with this being a new professional team, there weren't those resources. Um, what were you, you lacking? Know. Oh, geez. <laughs> <laughs> um, our fan base, you know, it was just getting started, so our games, you know, there wouldn't be very many people in the stands for it. Um, as far as resources, like we didn't have like a strength and conditioning team or anything like that. We kind of did our own, um, what was the pay like? Facility. Like having a summer job, yeah. <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. Having a summer job and I would have to, after the summer, I would come back home to Nebraska, get a job, um, for those months and try to train while having a job and then go back the next summer Come back home, get a you know, get another job, um, while trying to train in the off season, and then go back. So you did it four years. Mm-hmm. Uh, why did you walk away? I think that was the main reason why, because I couldn't make it a career. Hmm. Um, I was getting to the point where I kind of wanted to be settled. I wanted to start actually beginning in my career and that was very hard to do when um because I had jobs like I worked at schools where I would have the summers off that I can do it um or find part-time jobs at like sports sports conditioning facilities that were a little more flexible so they knew that I was going to be gone for a whole summer and so that was that was difficult um, to have to do that and travel back and forth. So I think I was just ready to be like settled and actually like start my career um, and not have to just find a, a job, you know, yeah. for those nine months before I go back to season. Did you have Olympic aspirations at any point? Um, I did a little bit. I think when it was more when I was younger, um, I had those aspirations and then 
Um, for whatever reason, I think they kind of dwindled a little bit. Um, and then especially once it was removed from yeah. the Olympics. Because um, the last year was what, 08, I think? Oh, yeah, I think 08 was the last year. I what think. was it like seeing yeah. Jenny Finch, you know, develop as, you know, kind of somebody that everybody knew? Did you did you think, hey, that, that could be me? Yeah, yeah. And, and what was so awesome about Jenny, um, because we played together on the Chicago Bandits, too, is... She's an awesome person, and, and that's what I love the most about athletes, when they're great athletes and they're competitive, but then you, you talk to them off the field, and they're also just great people, and that's, that was Jenny. Hmm. She, she's a competitor, a fighter. She's an awesome athlete, but she's also a great person, too. Hmm. So you, you walk away in 2008. Did you quit pitching, or did you keep throwing somewhere? Um competitively I was done but I I always found somebody that wanted to catch me really? so yeah once I got a job um some of my co-workers um you know when they knew I pitched and stuff I'm like yeah let's go out over lunch and pitch and they'd be like okay so I'd go out over my lunch and we'd pitch and I did that for some years and um, I always keep a catch like two gloves in my car, one for me and one for whoever will catch me <laughs> because I'll always say, hey, you want to you go play catcher? So I'm always pitching whenever I can. Do you kind of take it easy on people or do you, or you, or do you, <laughs> or do you give them the best stuff? <laughs> it depends. Some, it, it, it depends who they are. Some, if they're a little, if they're scared or a little timid, then I'll take it easy. But I have some guys that are like, oh, I bet you don't throw that hard. Where I'm like, okay. Then I, 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 give, I go all out <laughs> for the ones that think. <laughs> now, back in college, uh, I think Tom Chattel was stupid enough to grab a bat and try to hit off of you. Is that, is that somewhat common where, where guys think, oh, yeah, I can, I can hit you? Oh, yeah. It, it was that, especially, like, athletic guys. You know, some guys that if they hadn't really played baseball before, they, they would – say like no way uh, but yeah the athletic guy is thinking you know oh yeah I could take you yard and then it'd be so funny when then they wouldn't <laughs> <laughs> but even my husband so my husband was a football player oh really uh-huh, Where and at? I, he played for Elmhurst College it's okay. in Illinois and so at the sports facility that I used to work at out there he used to he was training there for football and so he said, like, oh, yeah, I'll stand in there and see if I can hit off you. I'm sure this is nothing. I threw one pitch, and he dropped the bat. He was like, never again. I will really? never. And I don't, till this day, he has never tried to hit off me again. He was like, once I threw the first pitch, and I threw it inside, too. <laughs> Just to bag him off the plate a little bit. <laughs> do, you ever, do you ever put the record book in front of him and just say, hey? <laughs> He's so funny. I, I told him one time, I was like, you know, let's make like our uh, a trophy room in our house, like of our trophies and our things. And he is like, it's just gonna be a peaches room, not like an hour trophy room. He's like, you know, I, you know, he always jokes that he only has like a couple trophies and all the rest will just be mine. So he's like, oh, we'll have to talk about that one if we just want a peaches shrine. I'm like, well. We can have both of our stuff. <laughs> you can have this, you, you you can can have have this, this little <laughs> shelf over here. But yeah, he. What was your What was, was your done. go-to pitch? What's your What, what was the signature Peaches James uh, pitch that you that you went to? 
I would say when change you up. A change up? Change up. Change up was was a fun pitch. It was fun to get keep girls off balance, you know, because they're trying to catch up to all your fast things and then when you throw the change up and they kinda look silly sometimes. That was a fun pitch. How has pitching changed? You know, because I mean obviously you you would still be very effective, um, even at forty three feet. But but how has you know, how has pitching changed kind of in, in the more modern era of softball? Mm-hmm. Um, I think girls are now getting better at throwing, like, rise balls. So rise ball used to be a pitch that um, people would say, like, oh, girls in California, kind of those warmer states used to be the, the dominant states. And, and rise ball was kind of that pitch, whereas in the Midwest, it was more like drop ball and curve ball. But I've, I've seen more girls now really developing some of those pitches that maybe didn't we didn't used to dominate on. I know for me, um, rise ball really became my, my second go-to pitch after change-up. Um, I was throwing lots of rise balls. And so I think that's one aspect that it's changed a lot. Our girls are developing some of these pitches a little better. You were... Um... You were out of state for a few years, uh, and and you started a family. Uh, was uh, did did the the softball? I mean, did you find outlets for it outside of work? I mean, did you you know did you did you want to sit down and watch games? Did you want to go to games? Did you want to start coaching, or was it kind of hard to do that stuff? Um, I definitely love going to still watch the games and be involved. Um, I've always continuously done like pitching lessons, which has kept me in the coaching realm. Um, I did coach a summer ball team a little bit, uh, which that was fun. But um, coaching for the summer teams, it's very um, it's very time consuming. Yeah. So I knew that once I did have my little one, that that was going to be tough to be able to be traveling as much as they travel in, in summer ball. Um, but I knew I wanted to stay involved at some point. So whether that's doing camps, doing lessons, still going to watch games, um, I definitely want to still be involved in those ways. And anytime I can, like I said, pick up a ball and somebody will catch me, I'll do it. <laughs> who's, the, uh, who's the best pitcher you've seen uh, in Nebraska since you came back? Um, as far as girls I've been coaching or just girls, just girls like coming up. Is there a, is there a Peaches James uh, waiting in the wings or not? <laughs> you know, I would say Courtney Wallace. Um, you've probably heard her name. She is the pitcher for Papillion now, and she's awesome. Are you just saying that because she's, she's a monarch or not? <laughs> well, that could have something to do with it, no. <laughs> no, she is awesome. She, you know, there, there's a couple girls that are pretty good, but, but Courtney... What I love most about her is because I love athletic pitchers. I love pitchers that can do it all, and she can do it all. She has the velocity. She has the movement. She can run. She can hit. She can field. She's like the full package. And and so Courtney Wallace is going to, when she goes to Nebraska, keep your eye on her. Do you have any regrets? Um... I would say that if I had what I had my senior year in college, like throughout my just entire career, um, like I wish I would have found that 
balance earlier on that that mental toughness that sassness that competitiveness all the things I felt I really had my senior year I wish I would have kind of learned those things sooner Um, I think it would have made me just even better throughout my career Um, so it's not really a regret per se but I wish kind of I I was able to find it a little bit sooner Hmm. Uh, last, last thing, uh, Nebraska is, uh, the, the, basically, you know, Rhonda, Sippel, they're, they're all still down there. I mean, when you go back down there, is it like a peach's homecoming? <laughs> um, a little bit. Um, I, do you am, go, do you go uh, back often or not? I do. I get down there every year for at least a couple games. Um, so yeah, every year I'll go down there and every year I will stay after the game just so I can give them a hug because like they are just awesome people. They were really impactful in my life. And so, yeah, I'll make sure I stay after so I can give them hugs because they mean a lot and they always will. Been to coaching? I mean, would that be something that you could see yourself doing 10 years from now? Possibly. I, I could see maybe possibly. Um, I would say my heart in coaching is probably with younger huh. girls. Um, like I love when they're young. I can get them when they're fresh and they're just learning. When they're throwing um, the ball over when the they're, backstop. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, I love working with the younger ones or even kind of in that 12, 13-year-old range. That's probably my favorite group to work with. So. Girls are famously more coachable than boys are, so you've got that going for you. <laughs> well, that's good to hear. I, I've heard otherwise that, oh, no, girls are just, oh, I can't coach girls. Oh, I've heard really? That. I'm from, mainly from guys. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, I can't coach girls. <laughs> Is your son going to be a good little athlete? I hope so. He... He is, his mind right now wants to just wander and do other things rather than, so right now, as far as structure goes, he's not quite there yet. Um, He wants to just do his own thing, which is okay right now. So I think as he gets older and he can actually start like focusing on the technical things and getting his skills better, I think he could be okay. Does he have mom's athleticism? (laughs) Um... A little bit. You can see little hints hints here and there um, of that. But then a second later, his mind will go to something else and he'll be doing it totally wrong. <laughs> but that's okay. He's only seven. so And I didn't start softball until I was 10. So I'm like, okay, yeah. I'll give him a few more years. He's, to... got like, he's got at least a year before he's doing like select baseball with, yeah. eight, with 80 games a year and all that stuff. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> Are you? I asked Kyle Peterson this question. Are you going to be the mom that, uh, you know, how are you going to adapt to being the mother of, you know, a youth baseball player? Because that's, yeah, you know, that can be a challenge. Oh yeah, I I don't know. I I try not to think about it because I'm I'm curious as to yeah what type of parent you know I'm going to be of my kid now playing. Um, because like my mom, she was like the nervous mom. So she was always out in the parking lot. She couldn't watch, you know, and then you have some parents that are really involved and they're yelling through the screens and the this and that. And so I don't know which one I'm going to be yet.
Thanks for listening to Where I Come From. You can access old episodes on your favorite podcast app or go to omaha.com slash podcast. Thanks to Bird Creek for the music. If you have ideas for guests or suggestions for the podcast, send them to Dirk period chatelaine at owh.com.